Okay, so um, so what I want to talk a little bit about, like I said, we're keeping it lighthearted today. Um, what I'm going to talk a little bit about is just uh, what freedom looks like because we're free um, and, and we need to walk in that freedom. Second uh, Samuel 7, 12. Let's take a look at that. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. It says here, and when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep uh, with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Um, let's look at Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. And it reads, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David, the son of Abraham, okay? The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, okay? Uh, let's see, son of David, Matthew 9, 27. Let's look there. Matthew 9, 27. These are good ones to write down. Okay. And some of us know this story. It says, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Okay. So I already told you last week a little bit about um, the history and the lineage of, of David. Um, we talked about a few things, but what I want to talk to you about now is there's something called a Davidic covenant. Somebody say Davidic, Davidic. covenant. So you'll see these terms, son of David, and you'll see um, a city of David. And so it was promised in the scripture, which is what we saw in 2 Samuel. Um, and this is a covenant made between God and David where he promises David and Israel that the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, and who's the Messiah? Jesus Christ, that he would come from the lineage of David and the tribe of Judah and would establish a kingdom that would endure forever. And so David was no perfect man by a long shot. Um, David uh, had um, different soul ties that turned into generational curses, but from the lineage of David came Jesus the Christ. And so what I, what I was encouraged by and what I want you to be encouraged by is that remember that we protected the generations that are coming after us. First of all, there was something 
that um, I wanted to write down that HS dropped this week, where on last Sunday, we annihilated some things that our lineage will literally show no signs of. Do you receive that? So our lineage will literally show no signs of the curse. And so like Jesus, uh, who came from uh, the, these people who uh, had curses uh, that they dealt with throughout the years, but he showed no signs of it, so will the fruit of our loins and the fruit of our womb show no signs of the curse. And so I want you to set and position yourself to not even look for him. Amen? Don't even expect them and don't even talk about them. If you're going to mention them, I need you to talk to them. Okay? Okay? And so, uh, John 1, let's look at that real quick. I love it. John 1 says this. Uh, in verse 43, for those who have done the John challenge in WPBI, you already know about the gospel of John. You know that it's a very good place to start in terms of getting into the habit of reading scripture and knowing Jesus because it outlines the life of Jesus uh, very nicely. And so we know that he's starting his ministry and we know that there are groups of people who are doubting him and there are groups of people who are supporting him. And so in verse 43 of John 1, it says this, uh, the day following Jesus uh, would go forth into Galilee and, and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Okay. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And look at Nathanael, what he had the nerve to say. Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> and so now that we've broken a curse and we've severed ties that are attached literally to our family name, there are going to be some people who wonder, can any good thing come out of that old gray family? Can any good thing come out of the Johnson family? Can any good thing come out of the Richards family? <laughs> well, just like Jesus, you and the generations com coming after you will be that good thing. Because I love here where Philip said unto him, come and see. And so the fruit, y'all, is going to speak for itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to argue it. You just got to present it. And I love that. He didn't, he didn't have an argument with Nathaniel. He said, listen, come and see. Because once you see this fruit, then you will know for sure that something good can come out of Southeast. You'll know for sure that something good, you know, can come out of the Carolinas. And you'll know that something good can come out of Largo. Yeah? Come on, I need you to own this. I need you to own this thing. Yeah. If you don't know, come. Come and see. That's the swag we're going to be walking in, you know. We're going to be walking in that with the future generations. Come and see. 
<laughs> Amen. Because some people don't believe it until they see it. And once again, that's why the Lord is making this audience because he's going to show them. He's going to show them. So you go ahead and let the fruit speak. Amen. Amen. And so um, in the mind of us uh, being intentional about uh, our freedom, I want to bring something up or back up. I think this was in part two, um, but I've had this on here for a while and the Lord kept not allowing me to get to it. Now I understand why, because this needs to be elaborated on right now because it is pivotal pivotal uh, in regards to our moving forward, okay? So you know how sometimes you might, you know, you get something for the here and now, and then it's like, all right, a week later, you're like, what's next? So I want to give you some practical things so that you can make sure moving forward, you're still walking in your freedom, okay? And so um, the word that I want to deal with real quick is the word intimacy. Somebody say intimacy. Intimacy. And so we talked about intimacy in that you get close to something, you touch and agree, your soul is tied, you're in covenant, and then you start bearing fruit of the covenant, whatever it is. And so, therefore, um, I've realized that the core of soul ties is really an abuse of the gift of intimacy, okay? Um, So the core of soul ties is an abuse of the gift of intimacy. You don't need to be intimate with everybody. Mm -hmm. I know somebody right now, I'm trying to do what I can to get them to realize that they can't tell everybody everything. They can't let everybody in. Because you'll begin to bear fruit of those who you become intimate with. And so I looked up the etymology of the word, um, the late Latin uh, word intimatus, which is the past participle of intimare, means this, y'all, make known. Ah, there go that word again. Intimare means make known. Also having connection to intimus, which means inmost, innermost, or deepest. Inmost, innermost, or deepest. Okay? And so have you heard of the word intimate? Uh Uh-huh. So if you think about the word intimate, the prefix in means into. It means toward. It means inside. If you're informed, what does that mean? You're in the know, okay? When you inhale, you're breathing in, okay? When you're included, then you're on the inside and not the outside. Intimate, okay? And so we want to get intimate with the things of God so that the things of God will be deep down on the inside of us so that if anybody tries to fill us with anything else, first of all, there's no room because I'm filled with the things of God. And not only is there no room, there's no craving because I'm fully satisfied. Amen? Amen. Okay. So 
Uh, we've been abusing the gift of intimacy. Intimacy is where souls are tied. And just like intimacy is where souls are tied in the natural, intimacy is where your soul will be tied with the lover of your soul. And so just like you get close and you get intimate with people, we've got to start getting close and getting intimate with God. And this is why we need to get comfortable in worship experiences. And this is why we need to create atmospheres on our own and not depend on Sunday and not depend on David and not depend on Pastor Joe and not depend on Sister Shanice and not to depend on Sister Naomi. That's good corporately, but what am I going to do on Monday? When all those people are going about their daily lives, how am I going to tap back in? How am I going to reestablish my connection to my father? And so it is imperative, it is so imperative that we don't look at intimacy as something that's reserved for humans. Yeah. No. Intimacy is something that is created by God and something that we should have with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the keys to intimacy is atmosphere. One of the keys to intimacy is atmosphere. You know in the natural, when you're trying to get intimate, you try to set a mood. Uh-huh. Lighting, music, uh-huh. And I'm going to stop there because the kids came back from children's church. Amen? Did I say something wrong? And so you are trying to set this mood because you're trying to make it conducive to intimacy. What measures do you go by? To make intimacy with God conducive to your schedule? What mood do you set to make intimacy with God conducive to your daily routine? Church mom. Yeah. So one of the keys to intimacy is atmosphere. So what we literally have to start doing is creating an atmosphere that is conducive to intimacy. S listen, I understand that it's not going to be easy. We live these lives and we have these responsibilities and we have these jobs and you know, we have these kids, we have these spouses, we have these significant others. We're trying to get our love life together. But what about our love life with the lover of our soul? We have responsibilities, but what about the one who's responsible over us? Sovereign. He's sovereign. So what I want you to do, I'm giving you a challenge. I'm giving you this challenge. What I want you to do is, and this is challenge number one of two, I want you this week, every day of the week, Monday through Saturday, I want you to schedule a set time, somebody say set time, to spend with God daily this week. 
you know, how you set a date. When you're trying to get to know somebody, what do you do? You schedule time to sit with them. You schedule time to talk to them. You schedule time to get to know them. So remember, we're trying to get to know God on a level where things are sprouting out in our lives that look just like him because we've been intimate with him. He has filled us, and what comes out of us is of him. Amen? So our challenge is to schedule a set time. Somebody say set time. To spend with him daily this week. It would be awesome if it was the same time. But guess what? When you love, that means you sacrifice. Because I already see the excuses popping up in your head right now. But when you love, you sacrifice. Anybody married, you know it's not always easy to make a date night happen. Williams, that was cute yesterday. Listen, it's not always easy to make a date night happen, but you move some stuff around and you make some sacrifices and you schedule something with the one you love. And that's all I'm asking you to do is schedule something with the one you claim that you love. That's all. It's not as big as you think. Schedule some time, set time. Set When something is set, that means it cannot be moved. That means when you get a call to do something else, then you can't do it. That means set time. That means that the, if, if the babysitter falls through, then you make some other arrangements. Listen, if, you, if you're four, then you put Barney on and you won't hear from him for, you know, for an hour if that's the time that you and God are going to spend. Yes, he watches Barney, hashtag YouTube. And so, listen, because I don't know the stuff they got on TV now. You're going to watch what I watch. Amen. But anyway, and so you do what you have to do to get where you have to get so that it can just be you and God. Amen? When I tell you God is going to honor the mess out of that, whoo, he's a rewarder. He's literally a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And all I'm trying to get you into the habit of is diligently seeking God so that you can join us on the road to reward. Yeah? He's a rewarder. I promise you that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And when you schedule a set time and when you stick to it with God, then that shows him that my son, my daughter is being diligent. Now, also, God is a discerner of your thoughts and your heart. So please don't do this because Pastor Joe said do this. Because that's called empty worship and That's not going to garner you anything. You might as well not do it. But what you need to do is you need to go into this believing that I need to be intimate with my father. That I need to spend time with him, that he's worthy of my time, that he deserves my time. And also, I'm not asking you to spend an hour or two, but I am asking you to spend time. Sometimes it is quality over quantity. But reserve some time with God this week every day. Y'all with me? If you don't do it, that's on you. I've done my job. I I told you what he wants you to do. And your response is your responsibility. That's one of my mottos for this year. I used to get tangled up on the other side of things. 
making sure and stressing myself out over another human being's response. Oh, no more. I'm satisfied. I've done what God has asked me to do. And your response is your responsibility. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So, what I want you to do is, in this, you'll begin to taste and see that our God is good. <sighs> Talking about soul ties. Listen, I know it's about to be Thanksgiving, but if you really get into this, this will introduce you to some soul food, for real. Because your soul will be fed literally to the point where it doesn't want anything else. It's satisfied. It's satisfied. Yeah. Anybody want to get there? You can get there. I remember where I, I used to crave other things, but now I'm to the point where them same things don't faze me because I already ate. <laughs> I'm full and I'm satisfied. And a lot of us are biting into things and tasting things that we should not. Why? Because we're hungry. Because we don't spend time getting filled by the presence of God, so we'll eat anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the key to not giving in to those fleshly desires and not returning to that vomit is not having any room for cravings because I'm full and I've tasted the best of the best. Listen, when you go to your favorite restaurant, can't nobody, you know, hold no Mickey D's in your face. Listen, I've eaten and I've eaten well. You don't desire this? You, no. 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 I've already eaten. I've already, I've, I've drank from a fountain that never runs dry. I have joy unspeakable. No substance is going to give me what I already have. I'm satisfied. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm satisfied. Anybody satisfied? And lastly, I want to let you know, because I don't want to fool you now, intimacy is not going to stop the enemy from the attack. Okay? So don't think because you <laughs> followed this challenge that, whoo, I ain't going to have nothing go wrong this week. Eh, wrong. Yeah. Oh, that, that's very wrong. Yeah, we know that anytime the enemy still attacked Jesus, the Christ, and tried to come to him in the garden, knowing he had been fasting and tried to get him when he was weak, knowing that he, you know, was hungry. Listen, and that's when he told him, and I love it, man shall not live by bread alone. Yeah? And so intimacy is not going to stop the uh, enemy from the attack. But when you've been in his presence... And when you've been in his word, then you're able to withstand the attack. Yeah. Because, listen, y'all, in the presence of the Lord, you'll find the fruit of the spirit. When you spend time in the spirit, you'll find the fruit of the spirit. And one of his fruit is peace. The fruit of the spirit comes with peace. And so if I'm spending time intimately with God on the daily, when that storm comes, I'm like Jesus. I got peace in the midst of it. Yeah. The storm is here, but peace is here. The storm is around me, but peace is in me. Yeah. And so I will not be moved 
Not that I won't be in a storm. I just won't be moved by the storm. Y'all with me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Okay. So the other part of this is, so what this may look like practically is, um, this may look like spending some time in worship. It may look like, you know, thinking about some of the songs we may sing, singing them unto God. It may look like playing, you know, some worship music and just closing your eyes and just thinking about reasons to give him glory, thinking about, you know, things that he's done. You know, it could be recent. It could have been a while ago, something he saved you from, you know, uh, looking back over your life and literally thinking of why God is good Um, and then thinking of that he's good just because he's God. And then just beginning to say hallelujah, you got to get comfortable with with opening your mouth and, you know, lifting your hands and worship. Um, I'm just trying to, just in case somebody literally doesn't know what it looks like, I'm just trying to give you some examples of what it could look like, okay? But what it also needs to look like is um, you need to get in the word, okay? Because um, the worship will uplift you, but the word will sustain you, okay? And so... Uh, what that could look like is uh, literally going on Google, and and you know what it is that you're going through and what you could use. And so literally Google scriptures that could help with blank, okay? And so you pull up them scriptures, and you, you start to um, – this is the second part of the challenge. I am asking you to get some visuals, um, be it like sticky notes – on your mirror this week, but come up with a visual where you can literally go up to it and speak the word of God. So some of you that might look like going, you know, going on Word, creating a document, printing it out, and then, you know, pasting it somewhere, but somewhere that you see every day. And I want you to make sure that you speak those scriptures, not limited to, but including that set time. Okay? Okay. Not limited to, but including that set time. So some sort of visual of scriptures that you need um, in this season. Uh, this, this idea, at least for me, is birthed or connected to um, when I was in college, I had what's called a word wall. And I told the, you know, some of you know about it, and I told the associates class about it. And it's a word wall. I literally had a wall that had these scriptures on like a um, poster bulletin board type of situation. And so I was able to go up to it, you know, before leaving out of the dorm, et cetera, and speak the word of God over my life. It's very important. And so I'm going to throw out some scriptures. You, If you want to borrow some of these, um, then please do. Um, but make sure that, you know, you include whatever you need. Um, but I have Romans 8.28 on there, first of all. It's just a reminder that literally all things, somebody say all things, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so what I would do is I would say the scripture, but then I would also relate it to my life. So I know even though I'm in this situation that seems difficult, God, that your word says, y'all, this is the key to getting your prayers answered. Are y'all listening? This is the key to getting your prayers and to pray the word of God back to him. That means whatever I'm praying, it's already in your will. I don't have to say, Lord, if it be your will, it is your will because it is your word. Amen? 
I know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I love you, and I'm called, and you are too. Amen? Amen. Philippians 1 and 6 is another one that I have on here. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God, you ain't starting nothing in me that you ain't going to finish. Amen? And even when it seems like, you know, it's, it's a little slower than it used to be or it seems like it, you're going to finish the work that you have begun, okay? Psalm 8411, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I am the upright of God. And you got to speak this in confidence. Because a lot of us can disqualify, oh, the uprightly, I don't know, the, you don't know what I did last week. You are the upright, the righteousness of God, by grace, through faith in our Lord Jesus, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. This is not about your goodness, it's about his goodness. And because he's good, I qualify because I'm his for every good thing. That's available to me today. And I pray for y'all every day. And I pray that good things come to y'all now in the name of Jesus. That every good thing that is available to my people. Woo, Jesus. That it must come to them in the name of Jesus. And I speak Psalm 512. I speak that over y'all every day. That the Lord will bless the righteous with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Once again, we are, I am, my family is, my Wapsie family is the favorite of God because we are the righteousness of God. And we qualify for this favor. Favor surrounds us as a shield. We are favor magnets. We are attracted to favor, and favor is attracted to us. We have favor with God and with men. We have favor with banks and businesses and institutions and organizations and establishments, and we have favor in a way that policies are changed for us and exceptions are made on our behalf. I believe it with my whole heart, and I need you to come into agreement with it. Psalm 118.6, these for the jokers that will try you. It says this, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Listen, I said that going into the workplace. I've said that going into a meeting. I've said that going into the teacher's office. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Sometimes you got to put some stuff into perspective. And then this is the prayer that ends it. I speak with the power of the Holy Spirit invested in me by God, my Father, that today will be a positive, peaceful, productive, and prosperous day in the name of Jesus. This day, I, my family, my church family, and everything and everyone around me is blessed and highly favored. Whatever I touch will be blessed. Whatever I do will be blessed. All because of the undeniable, unstoppable, unexplainable, uncontainable and infallible favor that God has on my life. I hereby cancel and reject any plan that the devil thought he had for me today and counterattack it by releasing the spirit of the living God all over my path this day. 
Furthermore, I hereby denounce, assassinate, and annihilate flesh and all of its sinful desires, declaring that Holy Spirit will rise inside of me, will stand strong, and will win every spiritual battle that I confront this day. This is my prayer, my declaration, my confession, and I seal it in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are in agreement with that for your life, I dare you to put a praise on it. I dare you to thank God for the power of your confession. I dare you to thank God for the power of your words. You had the authority to shift your atmosphere. You had the authority to live in freedom. You had the authority to walk in freedom. You had the authority to go forward in freedom. Oh, I need somebody to help me praise him. And so this is the challenge. Those two things. What are we doing first? We're setting what kind of time? A set time with God every day this week. And secondly, what else are we doing? We're putting a visual, post-it notes, printed paper. I don't know. Get a piece of your child's construction paper and a color pencil. Whatever you have to do, you get you a visual. If you artsy-fartsy, go ahead and get creative. Spend some time on your visual and when you get into that set place and that set time, now let me be clear, I'm not talking about while you're driving. I mean, that's good too. I pray and I talk to him while I'm driving. But he needs some undisturbed, not distracted, eyes closed to everything else and everyone else. Time. Are you going to give it to him? Are you going to give it to him? Come on, stand to your feet all over the building. I promise you that if you make that a way of life, then the freedom that you claimed last week will be a freedom that you claim for all of your days. Yes, Lord. Amen. Can we give God glory? Yes, Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised.